Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. I had said in the previous episode that I wanted to kind of return to some larger themes that weren't so news dependent, news cycle dependent, but in the interim, Trump has been indicted by Jack Smith and the Department of Justice for his stealing of national security documents, obstruction of justice, and and violating the Espionage Act. And that's a pretty big deal, something I've been waiting for for a long time. And so finally, 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 it is here. You know, Trump had been indicted uh, in New York State by Alvin Bragg, but this is much more serious. This is, you know, the federal government indicting him, and it's much more serious charges that, you know, he's going to get a lot of jail time for. So I thought it was worth talking about this, putting it into some larger context. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the news, so I don't want to be repetitive here. So I'm going to, you know, try to add some value here to things that might not be discussed too much in, in, you know, in kind of the legacy mainstream media. Now, first, you know, you some of you may remember in early 2020, Two, I said that, you know, I wanted Garland and the DOJ to indict Trump by the end of 2022. That did not happen. It came six months later. But you know what? Better late than never. And this case is so rock solid that clearly it was worth the extra time. And that's a good thing. I also want to say that Jack Smith is a fucking badass. He's like out of central casting for like the steely-eyed just ninja prosecutor and you know some people when garland chose him as a special counsel were like oh my god this is more delay this is more you know time to kind of give a a bone to the kind of the trump maga crowd by you know saying it's not under garland's purview it's this special counsel and what if garland disagrees blah 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 turns out that was an incredible decision that jack smith was more than competent, more than prepared for the job, that he was going to go after Trump hardcore. And Garland gets the benefit of saying, hey, it's not me, it's the special counsel. He's, you know, he's a seasoned prosecutor. Again, remember, Jack Smith has been prosecuting, you know, international war criminals in The Hague for a long time, right? This guy is not fucking around. And you can tell that he is ready to just rip Trump to pieces, And I want to just make a note here that, you know, I barely watch any TV or movies these days. I don't find it particularly that interesting, TV and movies. It's a little too passive, just kind of sitting on my couch staring at a screen for a couple hours. I'm not saying I don't watch anything. I'm not that, you know, much detached from pop culture, but I don't watch that much. And the main reason is reality is just way more fascinating, right? Just looking around me as I walk around the cities as I read the news, as I talk to people, as I think about the things, the current events, the larger issues of climate and fascism and, you know, and chaos in the world, that's just way, way more interesting 
than anything that's in movies or TV, right? Hollywood has nothing on just the reality of what's going on in everyday life, right? So, and again, I want to return to this fact that Jack Smith, again, Hollywood couldn't come up with a Jack Smith. He's way too badass for anything that could be played in Hollywood. Now, one thing I just do want to note is one of the kind of unfortunate or disappointing parts about this indictment is that I think, you know, the January 6th prosecutions are much more important, right? Obviously, stealing classified materials and lying about it is a big deal. But I think trying to overthrow democracy and overthrow the government and inciting an insurrection that ransacks the Capitol and leads to people being killed, that's even more important. And I wish that had gone first. I understand the logic. This one was a lot more straightforward. The facts were clear. And also, I want to be clear here. I'm confident Jack Smith is going to indict not only Trump, but Trump's entire cabal for January 6th. But it's just a much more complicated case. And But I do think that's coming. And that's the one I'm really looking forward to. When we get everybody, we get Mark Meadows and Giuliani and John Eastman and Jeffrey Clark and, of course, Trump again, too. So I just want to emphasize this thing that anyone who was worried about, oh, you know, are they going to indict him? Are they getting, you know, weak need? And again, I'm not going to deny that I at moments thought this, too. I was going, what the fuck is taking so long? The facts are so clear. But Smith is not fucking around. There was reporting from the arraignment in Miami. So a very small number of reporters got into the arraignment, were actually in the courtroom. And one of them was from Lawfare. So Lawfare is one of my favorite kind of news sources. They have a great podcast. And um, Charlie Sykes on the Bulwark podcast has people from Lawfare to talk about Trump indictments every Thursday. It's kind of called the Trump Files, I think. Every Thursday. So anyway, Lawfare, great organization, very serious legal analysis, probably the best analysis of everything going on in kind of the Trump indictment world. They had a reporter in in the courtroom when Trump walked in to get arraigned, and they were shocked. Jack Smith was there. People did not think that he was going to be there. He did not need to be there, but he was there in the front row behind the prosecuting table, and they said. You know, and again, this is there's no video, but they said that Jack Smith was staring Trump down, that Trump wouldn't even look at him. But Jack Smith, for much of the hearing, was staring at Trump. And I'm thinking, again, Hollywood can't make that shit up. This is a guy who fucking takes out international war criminals. He has the case of the century to go after a former president as corrupt and evil as Trump. And he's just staring him down like, motherfucker, I'm going to take you out. You tried to destroy this democracy. You stole national security documents and lied about it and showed them to people. Motherfucker, I am coming after you. And I just love it. You know, sometimes I don't like to get too emotionally invested in these things because you can get disappointed. And also the kind of, you know, the revenge bloodlust. I try to not marinate in those emotions. But you know what? For Trump, I'm going to allow myself because I want that motherfucker to go down hard. And I am so psyched Jack Smith is on the case. And I can't wait to see him just tear Trump and his whole fucking cabal to pieces. So I want to make a prediction here. Trump is definitely going to get convicted on multiple charges in this case and in January 6th. 
He's probably going to get convicted in Georgia. He might even get convicted in New York, too. So when this is all said and done, how many ever months and years until these cases wind through the courts and all the delay tactics and all the appeals, Trump is going to face long prison terms. I guarantee that. Now, whether he ends up serving prison time will depend on a number of factors. I'm confident that he will, but not 100% confident. And that's a long way off, so I'll get back to that you know, when the time comes. But after the break, I want to delve into just how insane all of this is. Because in this era, we've become normalized to so much insanity that should never be normalized. And one of my jobs with this podcast is to show reality for what it is. To pull the veil back and cut through the bullshit. To show things as they are. Because people are becoming numb. The amount of insanity that's happened in this last eight years is so off the charts that people are becoming numb. And I don't want to let that happen. So one of my jobs is to keep people from getting numb to the best of my ability. So I'll be right back after the break to try to do that. Okay, so let's just take a moment to appreciate how grotesque Trump and the movement that supports him is and how corrupted the entire conservative movement is under his kind of leadership, quote, leadership. For such a debased person to corrupt the movement so thoroughly, the movement had to be rotten already, which it was. Right For someone as just vulgar and corrupt and evil as Trump to take over an entire party in a movement, that party was just rotten to the core. Because again, if it had any principles, it would have resisted. He just came in and pushed it over the edge. So what does it say about a country where nearly half the people admire a monster like this, who are suckered by his obvious lies and grift, And not only accept it, but they celebrate it, right? People who are so insane as they want more of this, right? Right? Three quarters, 60%, three quarters of the Republican Party literally want the worst human being in the country to be president again. Think about that, right? They want him to be president again. Everything about this man is cheap and gross and screams insecurity and weakness. He's got fucking chandeliers in his bathroom and gold-plated toilets. If you took the worst of America and distilled it into its pure essence, it would be Trump and the GOP grifters 
who make up his cult. We're literally talking, it's, it's rare, you have bad people in politics all the time, right? And there are bad people in the Democratic Party. I've never, ever claimed the Democratic Party is perfect. What I say about the Democratic Party is overall, it's a party of good, you know, sensible, honest people trying to make the country better. Sometimes they fuck up, sometimes they lie, sometimes they're corrupt. But overall, you know, at the end of the day, the Democratic Party has a record in the last 20, 30, 40 years of working to improve the country. And they don't always succeed, but they have good intentions. It's the exact opposite with these fucking cultist fascist grifters. They're working hard to destroy the country, right? And let's just do a thought experiment here. Just imagine if a Democrat let's say Obama, had stolen national security documents, lied about having them, refused to give them to the FBI as the FBI begged them to give him back, showed them to other people, kept them in his fucking bathroom, and didn't return all of them, was on tape saying, I shouldn't have these, check it out, this is secret, It's classified. I shouldn't have these. Check it out. They would be calling for the death penalty. Okay? They would be calling for the fucking death penalty. That Obama was on every right-wing conservative media outlet. It'd be Obama, the traitor, the the, the, the insurrectionist, who needs to be put to death for betraying the national security of the United States. And what do we get? from the Republican, quote, establishment, again, except for a Mitt Romney, but from everybody, from Lindsey Graham to Marco Rubio, we get, eh, it's no big deal, weaponization of the Justice Department. Weaponization of the Justice Department, what are you talking about? The guy stole national security documents. What is the DOJ supposed to do? Is, is Trump uh, is Trump above the law? Is that what you're saying? He's above the law? Anything that he does is Okay. Right. Let's go again to the thought about experiment. Imagine if Democrats, especially brown skin ones, had done the insurrection on January 6th. Take everything from January 6th, but it was Democrats, brown skin Democrats, trashing the Capitol, scaling the walls, shitting in the Capitol, destroying people's property in the Capitol, smashing windows. They would be calling for the death penalty. They would be mad that the Capitol Police didn't murder all of them at that moment. They would be nonstop. So again, my point is, look, Democrats exaggerate Democratic success and exaggerate Republican failure to make their case as best as it can be. And I even do that. I will admit that, right? If there's good economic news, I'll probably be a little bit more enthusiastic about it than if it had been under a Republican. I'll admit good news under a Republican, but I'll probably be a little bit more enthusiastic about it under a Democrat. I admit that amount of bias, right? We like to kind of make our side look a little better, right? So everybody does that. That's acceptable. That's not bending reality, making it upside down, saying my guy doing an insurrection is okay, but your guy doing an insurrection is not. My guy 
stealing national security documents is okay, but your guy not. That's just black is white, up is down. Right? That's not exaggerating. That's just literally throwing the fucking world upside down. Three quarters of Republicans say if Trump is not the nominee, they want someone like him. Most Republicans are rallying around him as he gets indicted. Think about that. The more criminal stuff comes out, the more they're rallying around him. This is definitive, 100% proof that the GOP is a fascist cult. They are defending the indefensible. This was supposed to be the party of law and order, national security, and personal responsibility. Ha! What a fucking joke. We can see clearly now, based on their actions, that that's all a lie. They believe none of these things. Zero. None. They are just master gaslighters who will lie to your face all day and who project their own corruption and evil onto others. Again, it was Trump who weaponized the Department of Justice, using it to go after his enemies on baseless charges. Now again, if his Department of Justice had gone after Democrats for actual crimes, that's fine. I have no problem with Republicans going after Democrats for real crimes. What weaponization is, is when you go after people for baseless accusations. When you call up Vladimir Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine and say, find dirt on Joe Biden. Find me something. That's weaponization. Okay, Biden has done the opposite. He has restored integrity to the Department of Justice. He has put highly competent people like Merrick Garland who are going after criminals. And again, Smith is a badass. And he is a guy who's been going after international war criminals. This guy has more integrity in his fucking hangnail than the entire Republican caucus. He knows that Trump is an affront to the entire rule of law and that we would be a banana republic if we didn't prosecute him. Again, Republicans say going after the former president makes us a banana republic. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. Not going after someone who's such a fucking criminal just because he was president, that makes you a banana republic. So again, what Republicans are peddling is the opposite of the truth. Not 50% of the truth, not an exaggeration, the opposite. And last thing worth noting here is Hillary was right when she called Republicans deplorables. But she got one thing wrong. That quote that was taken out of context, she said, oh, about half of Trump's voters are a basket of deplorables. She was wrong. It's closer to 90%. About 90% of the GOP are a fucking basket of deplorables. And look, it's very bad when nearly half the country is this insane, evil, and crazy. I'm not happy about it. But reality is reality, and here we are, and I don't want you all to become normalized to this. So I'll come back with the antidote right after the break.
Okay, so the antidote here is going to be very simple. I just really want you all, it's, it's not fun, but I suggest you all just let it sink in how deeply the GOP has debased this country. I mean, look what they've done. Again, Bush Cheney was horrible, but then Obama restored some integrity. You could, you could hold your head high with Obama as president. He was sensible. He was kind. He was rational. He was clearly honorable, scandal-proof. Eight years, nothing, no scandals. He was open to all Americans. He had kids at the White House all the time, right? He was always trying to look out for people, say kind things about people, right? He restored integrity after the eight years of horror under Bush Cheney. And then the Republicans, look what they've done, right? Obama had his faults. I didn't think he made the best decisions all the time. But look at the, how America has been debased. How do you feel about America? Even with Joe Biden as president. Joe Biden's been an outstanding president. But just with Trump and the Republicans in the background all the time. And Trump running for president again. Just the, how vulgar and gross they've made this country. Right? And they didn't have to. This is a fucking choice. They had so many off-ramps. Trump was impeached twice. He tried to overthrow the government. And they couldn't fucking convict him. They could have been done with him. They could have convicted him. And he could have never run for office again. And we'd be done with him. But they can't fucking do it. They're so weak. They're so cowardly. They're so fucking thoroughly to the bone corrupt that they couldn't do it. And so we have to make a vow to make sure these motherfuckers never hold power again, at least for a generation. That should be the minimum cost of this treasonous, poisonous evil that the Republican Party has done to this country. To debase this country the way they have, you should be out of power for a generation. And I mean, when I say that we should vow to do this, I obviously mean peacefully, through democracy, through voting, through mobilization, nothing else. But we should vow, Republicans should be out of power for a fucking generation for what they have done to this country. They really should. So on that happy note, I hope you all are enjoying the start of the summer. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it, subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. And with that, everybody, have a great rest of the week. Be safe. Take care.